This podcast is a production of Faith Living Church. If you like what you hear, join us for church sometime in our Plantsville, Connecticut location, Saturdays, 6 p.m., or Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m., or online anytime at faithlivingchurch.com. Seriously, we had so many people helping us, and that's why we were able to accomplish as much as we did. It was fantastic. And uh, way over 300 people were serving. Uh, but I, I do want to thank especially everybody. Uh, Randy, this was his first time overseeing the outside, and we changed it up with teepees and crafts and all. He had no clue what he was doing, just like I have no clue what I'm doing. But he rose to the challenge, did a fantastic job, as well as everybody. I mean, uh, James wrote the drama, and they practice and rehearse that. So many people got into so many areas, and it just made it work. So I want to give you a few numbers real quick, share a little lesson with you, and then we're going to have a drawing for the kids. But uh, the total for the week of Vacation Bible Adventure, we had a total of 555 kids who showed up at Vacation Bible Adventure. So that was a great, a great week. It's fantastic, and uh, the number of children who accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior was 126. That was a fantastic number for the first time, and then we had another group who had accepted Christ before, kind of drifted off course, and they came back to Christ, rededicated their lives to Christ this week, and that was 118 of those guys, you know. So a total of 244 children really did surrender their lives to Christ during this week. And that was worth it a million times over. If it had only been one child and it was your child, would it have been worth it? Absolutely beyond a shadow of a doubt. So I'm just going to say thank you. Even on Friday night after it was over, it was 9 o'clock. Everybody was beat from the whole week long, you know. And then everybody kicked in, you know, and all the bleachers that were here were disassembled after 9 o'clock and taken out and all the chairs were brought back in so we could have church this, this weekend right now. So everybody worked so hard. They gave of their time, their energy, their resources, and it was a fantastic, successful ministry. I'm going to tell you, a lot of folks go on mission trips. You know we sponsor and support uh, over 300 kids in Cora uh, uh, over in Ethiopia. But this is just as valid of a mission trip as going somewhere else in the world. Because there's children right here in our own community and the surrounding towns who need to come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior as well. Do they not? So thank you for the investment of your time, energy. Hey, it was fun. <laughs> But it was a lot of hard work. I do know that. So let me share a couple of thoughts with you here this morning. I want to talk about, it was really what really uh, kind of dominated us. We're learning to be brave, but really talking about the miracle of forgiveness. There's 244 kids publicly acknowledged, you know, that they received this forgiveness. And, and forgiveness is literally, literally a miracle one of the greatest miracles that could ever happen because without forgiveness, you don't make it to heaven, you know. But uh, I was reading this now, now famous poet, Elizabeth Barrett. She became the wife of Robert Browning. 
Her parents disowned her because they disapproved of the marriage. Their daughter Elizabeth, however, wrote almost every week telling them that she loved them and longed for reconciliation. And after 10 years, 10 years, she received a huge box in the mail from her parents that contained all the notes that she had ever sent and not one had ever been opened. Can you imagine how sad that is? She wrote, you know, 52 letters a year for 10 years and they never read one of them. Although these love letters have now become a precious part of classical English literature, it's really sad to think that they were never read by Elizabeth Barrett's own parents. Had they looked at just one, the broken relationship with their daughter might have been healed. Truth of it is, all of us have been alienated from Almighty God. We've been separated, not on speaking terms. You know, at odds with God because of sin in our life. And he wants to bring us back. And I wonder if you've ever taken the time to read all the love letters that he sent you. If we were to read all the letters he sent us, maybe we would be reunited with Almighty God, who loves us so very, very much. He genuinely does. Let me read you the last verse I shared with the kids on Friday night. You know, as we were closing up our Vacation Bible Adventure 2019, and it's in Psalms 32, verse 1, and it says, Oh, what joy, what joy for those whose rebellion, whose sin is forgiven whose sin is put out of sight. Let me ask you, when you received Christ and you became aware that all your sins were forgiven, did that create joy in your life? No, you don't have to give account for that. God's forgiven you. He's taken it away. Oh, what joy for those whose rebellion is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. <laughs> yes, what joy for those whose, whose record... The Lord has cleared of sin. Now, I don't know about you or not, but my teachers, this is a thing that teachers threaten their kids with down south. Y'all probably don't have it up here. But I had teachers always threatening me. You're going, Ronnie? That's what they call me, because that's my name. <laughs> Ronnie? That's going on your permanent record. They told me that so many times. I was like, oh, no, not the permanent record, you know. <laughs> I didn't know what a permanent record was, but it sounded bad because they were always telling me, and that's going on your permanent record. Well, I want you to know when we sin, it does go on a permanent record. But it says here in verse 2, yes, what joy for those whose record, that permanent record, the Lord has cleared of sin. Finally, I confessed all my sins to you, and I stopped trying to hide them. And I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord. And you forgave me. What's the next word? All my guilt is gone. See, sin brings guilt. And guilt alienates us. It pushes us away from God. And so he comes and forgives us of our sin and removes all our guilt. Colossians chapter 2, 14 says, he canceled the record, the permanent record that we're intimidated with by our teachers and by the devil himself. 
Not implying that teachers are the devil, okay, or nothing like that. But it says in Colossians 2.14, he concealed the record that contained the charges. Uh, uh, he canceled the record that contained the charges against us, Jesus. He canceled it. He took it and destroyed it by nailing it to Christ's cross. When Jesus died, he died for my sins to wash that permanent record clean. No record about my sins of the past does God have anywhere. They're forgiven. Acts chapter 13 verse 38 says, Brothers, listen, in this man Jesus, there is forgiveness for your sin. And it's only found, this miracle of forgiveness is only found in relationship with Jesus Christ. Only. He's the only one who can forgive us. And I was thinking about this a couple of days ago, and I jotted down uh, a picture of some, some words that kind of drew a picture of what sin is kind of like. And I said, sin is that abominable thing which the Lord hates, and it's like hot, black, sticky, stinking, like a cesspool, a septic tank, stinking, filthy, tar-like substance, that will not come off of us once it gets on us. And it burns us, and it makes us sick, and it makes us weak, and it'll eventually kill us. That's what sin is. Oh, I know the Bible says there's pleasure in sin for a season. But that season will come to an end, and all that horrible sin will work at destroying us unless we're forgiven. And God wants to forgive us. Jesus alone can remove it. Listen to this passage in Isaiah 64, 6. It says, we are all infected. And, sin. and we need a cure. We're all infected and impure with sin when we proudly display our righteous deeds. Our righteous deeds. Well, Lord, look what I've I done this for you. I did this for you. I did this for you. And I did this. And I did this. And I'm pretty good. And I'm not bad as other people. And God, when he weighs my good and my bad, my good is going to outweigh my bad. And this is my righteous works. This is the best that I have and I offer to you, God. You know what the Bible says about that? He says we're all infected and impure with sin when we proudly display our righteous deeds. We find they are but filthy rags, bloody, pus-filled rags that you wrap around electrosores. And there's other words that are very graphic and very detailed when you'll study out what filthy rags is. But the bottom line, it's rags that are used to absorb bodily fluids. Uh, you might say, and this is a nicer way to say it, that the filthy rags, when we offer God the best that we humanly can on our own accord, we're offering God used toilet paper, okay? Well, this, I'm pretty good. And we offer God it's used toilet paper. Think about that. This is our righteous acts. If our righteous acts that we offer to God is, hey, well, this is how much I well, wonder what our sin looks like to God if our righteousness looks like filthy used oil paper. Imagine this for a moment. You know? Goes on to say in Isaiah says, Like autumn leaves, we wither and fall, and our sins, like the wind, sweep us away. There is no salvation for those who trust in their human righteousness. 
there is none, you know. Our sin must be removed. Now, I'm going to try something one more time. I've done it two times already. And hopefully I can pull it off one more time. We use up a lot of creativity during VBA. And I'm about spent, okay? So anyhow, let me see here. What have I got in my bag? Oh, it's another bag, you know? Okay. Let me see what I got in here. There it is. Okay. Anybody ever drink apple juice? You like apples? Adam and Eve liked them. Got them in a whole lot of trouble, didn't it? It surely did. Because that was what they were tempted with, and that's what caused them to sin against Almighty God, is the apple. And so I like apple juice, you know. It represents sin. Tastes pretty good. The Bible does say there's pleasure in sin for a season. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Oh, I got carried away there. There's pleasure in sin for a season. But Adam and Eve, once they sinned, they needed forgiveness. And they began to sacrifice lambs, you know. God told them to. And that blood temporarily covered over their sin. But then the Lamb of God, his name is Jesus, who takes away the sins of the world, came on the scene. And God forgives sin. And he totally removes our sin. But uh, how does he move, remove it? Who does he use to remove sin by? What's his name? Jesus. And I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, I grew up with Coca-Cola, and they used to have a little slogan. I don't know if you remember or not. It goes, does anybody remember? It goes, things go better with you got to be really old to know this song. <laughs> Things go better with Coca-Cola. Things go better with Coke. Life is so much fun when you're refreshed. And Coke refreshes you best. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I don't believe that no more. Things go better with Jesus Christ. Things go better with Christ. Life is so much fun when you're refreshed. And Jesus refreshes you best, you know. So I like the fact that Jesus is genuinely the one who refreshes us. And and he removes our sin as far as the east is from the west. Did you know that? That he forgives us? Now, I did a little old trick to try to help you remember, but it is no trick that Jesus forgives our sin. He forgives our sin. He removes our sin. He cancels out of all of the record, the permanent record of all of our sins. He totally forgives it. Listen to what the next verse says. We just got through reading um, Acts 13, 38. Brothers, listen. 
In this man, Jesus, there is forgiveness of your sins. Verse 39 says, everyone who believes in him is freed from all what? Uh, you don't have that verse, do you? That's okay. Verse 39. Guilt. Everyone who believes in him is freed from all guilt and declared right with God. Something the Jewish law could never do. Good works could not remove sin. Good works could not remove guilt. Forgiveness removes sin. Forgiveness removes our guilt. And it changes us and it transforms us absolutely. I, I, I heard someone say once upon a time, I gave Jesus a chance, but it just didn't work out between us. The Lord laid too much guilt on me. I'm going to tell you something. That person is mistaken, terribly mistaken. The devil's the deceiver, the accuser of the brethren, because Jesus doesn't lay guilt on nobody. Jesus removes the guilt. He forgives the guilt. He takes the guilt away. And our guilt and our shame are where that apple juice is at. It's gone forever. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has ever. Imagine what God has prepared for those who love him. But, verse 10 says, but we know these things. We know what God's prepared because God has revealed them to us by his spirit. And his spirit searches out everything and shows us even God's deep secrets. Can God trust you with his deep secrets? He wants to. He wants to reveal the deep secrets, these wonderful, fantastic things. And then he goes on to say in verse 12, and God has actually given us his spirit, not the world spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. We can know the wonderful things. And one of those is this miraculous forgiveness. God forgives us. I don't care if someone else brings up your past. God has forgiven you. It's fantastic knowledge when we discover this, that he has forgiven us. Romans 8, 1 says, so now, there is, so now there is no condemnation. There is no guilty verdict against us for those who belong to Christ Jesus. This is a present truth. This is not a future hope, futuristic, but this is a present truth. Truth right now, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Jesus does not give parole. You know what parole is? Okay, you're on parole. You got to come and check in with us every couple of weeks and all. We're going to keep our eye on you for the next million years, you know, to make sure you don't do anything wrong again, you know. Jesus doesn't give parole. He gives a pardon. He forgives us completely and totally. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 25, it says, I, yes, I alone am the one who blots out your sins for my own sake and will never think of them again. I'm going to tell you, God loves you. He's absolutely crazy about you. And can you imagine? He said he will never think about your sins again. So when somebody brings your sins up to you of things that you've done in the past, who is that? The devil wants to steal our joy. He wants us to feel guilty and all. But Almighty God says, I will never even think about the sins of your past again. When he forgives them, they're gone. 
they're gone. Titus chapter 3 verse 5 says, he saved us, not because of the good things we did. It's not because of our goodness, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins and gave us a new life through the Holy Spirit. Verse 7 says, he declared us what? Not guilty. I mean, in a courtroom, isn't that wonderful when a judge pounds his gavel and he says, not guilty. And God says, because we received Christ in our life, he says, he declared us not guilty because of his great kindness. Not because of our goodness, but because of his great kindness. And now we know that we will inherit eternal life. Now we know, because we received that forgiveness, we will go to heaven and spend eternity with the almighty God himself. Last verse we're going to look at is in Romans chapter 1, verse 5. And it says, Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and unto him who washed us from our sins. How did he wash us? Y'all had that verse, here. It's okay. I'll tell you what it says. It says here, and he washed us from our sins in his own blood. That's what it says in the Bible. You can look it up later on. Romans chapter 1, verse 5. It says, and he washes us from our sin in his own blood. There's a song I grew up with. I don't know if you heard it. But some people go, oh, the Christians are a bloody people. Because there's an old hymn that goes, you know, it's called the fountain filled with blood. And I, do we have those words up there? He goes, there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. That's talking about Jesus. And sinners plunge beneath that flood and they lose all their guilty stains. Lose all their guilty stains. Lose all their guilty stains. And sinners plunge beneath that flood Lose all their guilty stains. We talked about the, uh, the thieves, the criminals who died, were crucified with Jesus. Well, this has a verse about them. It says, the dying thief rejoiced to see that fountain in his day. And there may I, though vile as he, wash all my sins away. Wash all my sins away, wash all my sins away. And there may I, though vile as he, wash all my sins away. The blood of Jesus, God's son, his sacrificial son, is what washes our sins away. And it's by having faith in him that he paid. He did what it took to wash our sins away, and you'll never find him again. Listen, the latter part of that verse in Romans chapter, I'm sorry, Revelation chapter 1, verse 6, and it says this, it says, and hath made us, you know, he washed us in his own blood and hath made us, he made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever, amen. He washed our sins away and he made us a king. Not when we get to heaven, but he says, you're kings and priests now here upon this earth. That's what God says. He loves you. He's crazy about you. He doesn't remember your sins. He forgave you. 
Jesus talks about giving us a robe of righteousness, not human righteousness, but his righteousness, which he puts on us and washes us and cleanses us. And some people, though they will be wearing the robe of Christ, the robe of righteousness, they try to carry around all their old, old, grubby, filthy, beggarly looking clothes that stink and smell and are sticky and ooey and gooey. And we try to carry that all along with us. And what we need to do is we've got to turn loose of that stuff of our past. If any man is in Christ, he becomes a, uh, a new creation. Old things have passed away. And we've got to turn loose of that stuff. And everything, all things have become new for those who receive the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you, it is a miracle. Forgiveness is a miracle that's offered to us. And we must receive that. Because it flows to us through the, the mercy and the grace of Almighty God. And as we receive that miracle of forgiveness, and then we let it flow to us. And then we got to let it flow out through us to those others who are in our sphere of influence. And tell them the good news. You don't have to be guilty. Oh, if it would eliminate so many people from having to take so many pills and things like that. If they just knew that they were forgiven. If they only knew that they were forgiven and there's no more guilt and there's no more shame, I am forgiven. It changes us, transforms us. It genuinely does. Well, listen, I want you to bow your heads with me right now. And before we do the drawing for the kids, I want you to think about this and ponder for just a moment. Think about the, the grace, the mercy of God, this miracle called forgiveness that he is offering to every one of us. If you've already received it, would you reaffirm your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ with me as we pray? If you've never received this wonderful miracle of forgiveness, would you join us as we pray and allow him to forgive you right now and cause the guilt and the shame and the sin of your life to be removed that he'll never remember, he'll never think about it again? Would you allow Jesus to come into your life? Would you all join me now as we pray? Those guys who are watching online, downstairs in the balcony, would you declare what we believe with our heart right now with me as I pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. That's why you sent your son Jesus. I believe Jesus died for me and paid for all my sins. I believe that Jesus rose from the dead and is knocking at the door of my heart. And I open that door right now. And I welcome Jesus as my Savior, as my Lord, as my King, and as my friend. In Jesus' name. Amen. You know what? When you receive Jesus, all your sins are washed away. I am telling you, it's a miracle that God has performed to wash our sins away. And if you slip up and you do something, say something you shouldn't have said, you just confess it to God. And it's gone. Where all the elements are gone, never to be found again. That's the truth of it. Now, at the end of the service, which is just a couple moments, if you need some prayer, the altar is open and some folks will be here to pray with you. And I'm telling you, God answers prayer. He genuinely does. You know, I've been hobbling around this past... Uh, last week, I'd hurt my ankle, and then people prayed for me last week here, and I had two days, 100% healed. But because I'm wandering around the woods throwing tomahawks at dead trees and stuff like that, and stepping on rocks and logs and all, I might have, I shouldn't have maybe done that, so I accidentally hindered it again. But every day around 12 o'clock in the day, my, 
My leg got better so I could come and do VBA. You know, yesterday I couldn't hardly walk. But you know what? I feel like dancing right now. But I'm going to sit on my rear end this coming week and let the thing totally heal up. You know what I'm saying? God loves us and he's crazy about us. And he's going to take care of our needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Do you know he loves you? He loved, he's crazy about you. And he wants to take care of every little need you have. Every little need. He genuinely does. Body, soul, and spirit. That's what he tells us in his word, anyhow. Well, I mean, that's, that's something else I'm supposed to do. What's that? Oh, oh, the weekly challenge. Yes, the weekly challenge. It says, I choose to focus on the miracle of forgiveness that flows to me and through me. Seems like there's something else. Miracle, you, you, are you still over here? Okay, I think we're going to do a drawing. Is that right? Oh, before we do a drawing, i got to ask, where are my glasses at first? Oh, they're over there. So when I don't see them, I'm afraid I'm going to step on them, you know. Is there any child here, I'm sorry, parents, is there any child here today who did not get a ticket when you came in the door? Okay, raise your hands. Yep, get them hands up. Get your hands up. And if whoever's got the bucket of tickets, somebody got that bucket? Okay, just come on up here. Make sure we get all these. Wow, how'd y'all get in here without a ticket? Oh, man. Okay. Wow. Keep your hands up so they can uh, now Keep your hands you. up. They're coming. They're passing out tickets. I'm sorry, adults, you don't get one this time, Okay. What about up in the balcony? Any kids up there who needs a ticket? If, if there's any kids downstairs in the cafe and you didn't get a ticket, run up here really, really quick before we do the drawing and get your ticket, okay? All right? She's tearing it off, giving you a ticket, putting the other half of it in the bucket up here, over here. Is that one or two? Right over here. Okay, there you go. Oh, there's one over here. There you go. I'm sure that's a winner. Up here, that's two more. Okay, cool. Here, let me move all this stuff away. Here, so we don't get all mixed up. Whoa, there is my glasses right there. All right, and uh, anybody else? Now, is the bucket back there? Is anybody upstairs need a ticket? I think they're all set. They're good. All the other tickets, can you just tear them in half and give me them? I know, but I want to try to win too. I don't get to do that. Hey, thank you so much. Okay. We did a lot of this during VBA. There were hundreds of prizes that kids won. Oh, oh. You're supposed to stir this up for 30 minutes before you draw a winner, I think. Okay. It's not official until Miracle touches it. Okay. All right, so the winner of the $100 goes to 
six four zero. Oh, was that six four? What was those numbers again there? Okay, all right. Uh, okay. All right, now I have to start all the way back over. Six four zero nine one five eight. Is that you? Oh, let me see if I have. Oh, what if I can't find that envelope there? Oh, wow. Oh, I'm gonna see if I can. I'm gonna see if I can. I'm gonna see if I can make it disappear. Congratulations! That is awesome. Well, listen, again, I also want to say thank you, all of you, for helping. But uh, I want Miracle to share her heart with you just a little bit before we dismiss. Um, so I was... Uh... And you all know Miracle's my daughter, right? If you didn't, she is. Okay. Uh, and Susan's daughter, too. <laughs> she makes us look good. Okay. Um... So with VBA, uh, definitely is a, a long week, and we just appreciate everybody that came out. Um, funny story, I had a girl track me down through monitors. Like somebody was texting another monitor to try to find me by texting some backstage people, and then they got me, and I was like, oh, okay. So I went out front, and the girl like runs out of the teepee and had this uh, card, and she was like, thank you so much for VBA. I learned so much about God. And um, she, like, gave me, like, a little Dunkin' Donuts gift card or whatnot. And she was like, can we make VBA longer? And I was like, uh... So we're going to do it again this week, guys. <laughs> I was like, there's not really a way we can make it longer. But I said, I was telling her about Super Church, and she was like, oh, she's like, oh, I, ha I have a church I go to on Sunday. And I was like, well, we have a, a Saturday night if you ever want to come up to Super Church. And um, so I chatted with her mom a little bit, and... Um, we're just really trying to reach out and not just see them again next year. We want to try to get the kids to come back um, if they don't have a good Bible teaching church that they're going to. Um, but we also need help. We need more volunteers for up there. Um, so if your heart is to do more, um, come talk to me or fill out a first serve form in the back and we'll get in touch with you. We're going to have like a pep rally, uh, super church pep rally thing going on on August 23rd. It's a Friday night. We're going to have some dinner and some food. And just even if you're not sure, if you're not all the way like, yeah, I want to do this, you just kind of want to come see what we, what we do, what all is involved with it. You can come and, um, yeah, ask some questions, get to know everybody and stuff like that. So, yeah, I would appreciate it. You know, it's really a worthwhile investment. It genuinely is. Uh, on Friday night, I had several, several of the kids came up and gave me a hug with tears in their eyes, you know. And one, one girl, she gave me six hugs before she could get out of here, you know. But they appreciated us caring about them and telling them about our relationship with Christ and, and how they can get to know God better. So if, if you are interested in going on a mission trip, a local New England mission trip right here, I, I encourage you to be part of that little pepperoni dinner. I mean, when she's offered food, I will be there, okay? You know, but it, it has made an eternal difference in the life of children. And what I would like to ask all of you to do is uh, 
not just the 244 who really came closer to Christ with a commitment, but I'd ask you if every day just to be praying for them because God answers prayer. The battle of some of them, some of them are not in a Christian home. Some of them are in some really bad situations right now. And pray for those kids. You know, they're so precious and dear to God. You know, we're so thankful. A lot of our kids right here are in good good situations and all, but there's so many who are not. And pray for them every day that God would help them. And, and that's why we was teaching them how to be brave and be men and women of faith and, and introduce them to a relationship with God. Pray for them. And if you can be there, August the what was it? August the 23rd. August the 23rd. What, you know what time we're going to meet? 6 o'clock. 6 o'clock, and that's on a Friday night, right? Be, what's that? Supper time, absolutely. I'm hungry too. Uh, I'm not going to wait to the end to eat though, but please be there and be praying for them between now and then. Our prayers is not a waste of time. Well, I want to say thank you to Miracle for all her commitment, all her hard work, but all of you who have served so well. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And if you need some prayer now, I'm going to tell you, God does answer prayer. It's like, you know what? I feel like I could run a mile now or do a little jig or something or another. And uh, God does answer prayer. And, and just because something comes against us don't mean you're in sin. It doesn't mean you're wrong. It don't mean that God don't answer prayer. But we have to learn, what was that P word? Oh, patience. I know a lot of people don't want to hear that word, but we got to be patient. But if you need some prayer, please take advantage of that now. And... Uh, I just high-five you all. Thank you for serving and making an eternal difference in the life of so many kids. God bless you. You are dismissed.